Welcome to episode 51 of the Behind the Goals podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking to an author of a, of a satirical book, scientific book, um, anthropological book. I'm not sure what the best categorization of this. Uh, we're talking to Mike McInnes, who wrote Homo Passions, uh, with the idea that humans evolved to play football. Uh, bipedal locomotion uh, is such an inefficient way of moving that there, there can only be one reason that we that we move this way and it's to play football uh, it's a great it's a really fun book it's a it's a, it's a great really intriguing idea behind it it's a satire uh, although sometimes i wasn't too sure if it was serious or not <laughs> when we we're talking to mike and when i was reading bits of it um, but we'll, we'll talk to mike about that uh, and if he follows up you know talking about the book with a fundraising idea for clubs um, so we'll have links to where you can buy the book, where you, how you can find out more about that fundraising idea in the show notes. Um, but we'll, we'll get on and talk to Mike in a minute. Um, before we get started, Andrew, uh, how are you this week? What have you been up to? What's new in your life? Uh, well, probably much like everyone else, very little, to be honest. Uh, I suppose what we're in week 7092 <laughs> of, of lockdown. So um it's uh it's i'm missing i'm missing playing football i think that's the thing i think like yeah a lot of people missing playing football which has been the yeah I, I'm, I'm exactly the same i was talking to someone the other day and they said oh your your life must be completely different now you know because of your job and you're not being able to go and watch football and i said well i still watch football i've actually probably watched more football than i did before it's just not in stadiums anymore um but the bit that i'm really missing is the is the three games of football a week um and having to find different ways of exercising and uh, uh and it's, it's just difficult and, and every, every other form of exercise is less social than a game of football and that's i think one of the bits that i've really struggled with it's the it's the chat before the game after the game and during the game when you're with the balls up the other end of the pitch and you're just uh you're catching up with somebody that you've not you've not seen for a couple of weeks absolutely yeah very much so i suppose it's that kind of big big release that you get as well after you know a day of work and sort of can relax with a game of football and a bit like Stephen was saying on the podcast last week uh you know you don't really think about anything else when you're playing football which is quite nice yeah break and nice. uh, yeah but uh this 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 episode with Mike is um thoroughly enjoyable I, I'm sure we'll talk about it at the at the end but uh as you as you say I wasn't quite sure how to interpret a lot of a lot of the interview but uh I really really enjoyed it yeah good let's hear from Mike um, so today we're joined by Mike McInnes. Uh, nice to meet you, Mike. Uh, we've not, you. not spoken before, um, but I've heard of you and, and of your book. Um, maybe you can start by just by telling our listeners a little bit about the book that you wrote a few years ago, how that evolved, what uh, what kind of provoked you to write it, um, what it's all about, and, and, and then we'll move on to the, the second part of the discussion, which is about a fundraising offer that you're, you're making to clubs. Okay, basically... Um... My interest is in brain energy metabolism, cerebral energy metabolism. And that we have a problem with that. And that comes out of our anatomy, which is by upright bipedalism, which is a very strange form of anatomy. It's not, gives us all sorts of problems. And it is not an efficient form of locomotion at all. Four legged legs are much more efficient than two legs or even three legs for that matter. So consequently, when I was thinking about that, and I also am a big football fan. I made the conclusion that we evolved bipedalism, walking or running on two legs to play football. And if you look at our anatomy, it fits absolutely beautifully with that. You know, I mean, you just couldn't dream it better. You know, we have a flat brow, 
we are primates, so our brows should go back and our um, chin should come out, which would mean that if we were uh, adult primates, we couldn't play football, couldn't hit a ball. We have opposable thumbs, which you need for goalkeeping, for uh, shying, and for pulling shirts when you need to do, <laughs> do something. No? We have non-opposable big toes. So if you had a big toe that was like that, like the thumb and the hand, you couldn't kick a football. And the foot is the absolutely most beautiful. A lever to the sprung foot. Long, short-heeled and long-toed is perfect for kicking a ball, for shooting, for scoring goals, and also the instep and outstep for curling and for slicing, you know. So our anatomy, if we were, so this also means that we don't metamorphose into adults as a species, okay? Mm-hmm. We are neotenous. That means that we don't do that. We, we never actually grow up. Because if we metamorphosed into an adult primate, we would have all these other features which, for which we couldn't play football. So it's a, a lovely anatomy that we evolved the only so, reason you can explain it is football. Basically. So, so if, if we never really grow up, that explains why we're all still obsessed about a children's game. Absolutely. Now, that also coincides with the science because that's called neoteny. We don't metamorphose into the adult. And there's also ludony, which is the theory by Johan Huizinga, the Dutch philosopher, who pointed out that we are the only species that play games as adults. And uh, we all human civilization comes from adult game playing military uniforms, clergy, educational, and so on and so forth. So we dress up as adults to enact these games, which is what they are, you know. So that coincides beautifully with the theory, these two points, you know. So um, that's how it came came from that. And it's got all sorts of throw-offs that come from that, which are rather nice and quite funny. Yeah. Yeah. Quick quick question for you, Mike. Um, Yeah. Because that's fascinating, actually. So if, if, if humans hadn't developed the way that we had, would we play, be playing a very different kind of game? We would be. We'd be doing something like, um, you know, water polo or something like that, you know, with four, four limbs, you know. Mm-hmm. But upright bipedalism is insane as a form of locomotion. It just, we have half the, less than half the ground speed of the, the laziest geriatric pe- predator you can think of, you know what I mean? So why would we do that as a species? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. So yeah. yeah. evolution is I wonder if, um, if the game that might have been invented had we not developed the way we had, what that what that would look like and whether that would be more popular than football is now currently around the very world. Very likely, very likely. There's also a very interesting thing called Robo Football. I don't know if you know about that, but it's an international movement based on universities. And they were developing robots for artificial intelligence purposes. And they found that the best way to do this is to have bipedal robots, um, which are similar to humans. And uh, the, um, the, um, because a robot, uh, an intelligent, for instance, they expect to, win, to beat the World Cup winners of the human species by 2050. Really? Okay. Yeah, and, they, and, and I think they're right. If you look at the time that, for the development of the, by, the, the aeroplane to space travel, it's 50 years. You know? mm. So they expect to be able to do that. And, I th- and I, in fact, I'm placing a bet on it, the fact that they will 
defeat Homo sapiens by uh -huh. 2020. This is, this is the football equivalent of the Matrix. We're going to be overtaken yes. by our, our robot overlords. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, and then the, the structure of the book, the, the, the book is structures of a series of conversations. Is, is that right? And, yes, and I've invented a, a, an academic, Gordon P. McNeil, who, who first discovered the species Homo sapiens in East Africa in 1991 and <laughs> called it Gordon after Gordon Smith. You know, right. <laughs> so uh, that was um, rather nice as well, you know. And the anatomy, uh, and in terms of evolutionary physiology and anatomy, and it works beautifully. You know? It's far wow. more intelligent than Homo sapiens. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, the famous book *Sapiens* by um, Harari, he wrote that human genes have no humans have no genes for football. Okay, so. McNeil takes him to task and proves that he's wrong. And we've, we've found the genes, we've identified the genes for football. And there are genes that work for that as well. You know? huh. So there's lots of fun stuff in it as well, you know? Yeah. What's the reaction, reaction been to your book since you... Well, I've had evolved over the years, hasn't it? Yes, it's changed and, and mutated over the years. But I've, you know, I've had feedback from all over the world, you know, um, which I wasn't looking for, but I've got, you know, yeah. South America from... Russia from Europe and so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a, a nice concept. Um, and I've introduced a surrealist football team, which is composed of Camus in particular, he's the main one, but Magritte and uh, mm. a whole team, 11 of them, you know, with Dali as well, you know, with the, the Great. ball, distorted ball and so on. Yeah. We're, we're there's also genes, there's also a, uh, hormones which work, you know, hopamine for dopamine and um, opiate, opiates for opiate. And there's also a dream physiology in it as well. When when fans go to a, a football match, they enter a dream state, an awake dream state, with similar to REM sleep, you know, and, and they're dreaming the game, you know. And there's quantum relationship between the fans and the players and the ball as well, you know. <laughs> so there's quantum interference by the fans in the game. Now that's based on real science. That's that's just, not, that's just that. Sorry, Mike, another question. Um, aside from robot overlords, how, how are we going to sort of develop it in terms of our... What, what kind of impact will this have on the future of football as humans adapting? I'll, I'll tell you what's happening to humans. Humans are using, losing their consciousness at a massive rate. You know? And that's caused by a consumption of sugars. Mm. Because you to, to get the information from the environment, which a robot would need, okay, and we need, and the faster we develop artificial intelligence, the faster we are losing our ability to grapple with the environment around us. You know, that's a big, big question, you know. Mm. I mean, it's a really serious question. Mm. Because if we go on developing, which is really autism is the classic case of it, but it applies to all these metabolic diseases, we will no longer be a competent species by the end of this century if this develops at the rate it's going. So that's another, that's not a fun question. That's yeah. <laughs> no, no, a bit of a downer. Really but what, serious. What, what, does, what does that mean in reality in terms of sort of consciousness and losing? It means that, it means that the, the, the sugars block the ability of the brain to take in the information, okay? That we need to survive as a species. Every species has to be able to know its environment 
through the, uh, the, the information that it takes through. The, we have five senses. These senses are being blocked so that the enzyme that does this, which is the enzyme of cognition, which is called glutamine synthetase, is blocked by sugars. So you're, not, you're losing your visual ability, your hearing, your uh, nose, and every, every sense of the pathway is, is being blocked. So yeah. we are becoming cut off from our environment as a species. So, and, and, I, and I guess, you come back to the, that, that point of robotics, uh, the ability to, to sense and then process information fast is the thing that, that, makes, that makes a good footballer, is they, they see things. Totally so, totally so. Almost it seems like they're, they're playing instinctively. They can see the pass before anybody else can. Absolutely, that, that's time dilation. That means that Messi can process information faster than the defender. Yeah. And he, he, that is a time dilation factor that each, yeah. all the great strikers have and all the great footballers have, particularly strikers, but every, yeah. you know, all players as well, they're able to dilate time. Yeah. So processing power, machines are already you know, far ahead of humans in certain yeah. types of processing power. Yeah. So yeah. The, the big challenge is making, making the robot able to move bipedally. So you see the videos of um, uh, what's, the, what's the company that's making the robots just now that they, they release a lots, of, lots of videos that go viral. But yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, those, those, those videos, they, they'd push it and it would fall over. And now these robots can dance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they can yeah, yeah. Balls for each other. So, so we're seeing that yeah. with them. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it will not be long before they can out dribble us and, you know, yeah. process information. Yeah, it's just the bipedal challenge that they have to, they have to um, kind of refine and, and perfect because the processing, the decision-making is already... Football was the best area for which to develop artificial intelligence. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's a huge movement. Called, it's called the RoboCup. Look it up. That's Fascinating. Right. Yeah, good, good. Um, so where, where can people buy your book? Where's the best place to, to find it? Uh, um, I think one of the best sites is the Blizzard website. You know, okay. so if they go into Blizzard, they can buy the book and they can buy the art if they if they want to. Yeah, so and and that, and that art is the second part of the, this this conversation with you about the yes. offer that you're making to to community clubs in Scotland to um to, to do fundraising using using the artwork that's been produced you know for under for and with the book. The the the, the point about that is is that Matt Kenyon's interpretation of the, the work is just gorgeous, unbelievably lovely. You know. Things like Messi and Cantona and uh, cave paintings that were done for footballers 30,000 years ago and stuff like that. And um, playing in, in the, um, these lovely stone circles, you know, which, yeah. were, which were developed for football, of course. They were the early stadiums, you know. yeah. Stonehenge and so on. Stonehenge is really goalposts. There's another <laughs> interesting... Yeah, perfect, yeah. And there's another um, really lovely Scottish uh, connection here in the archaeology because in Scotland, and it's unique to Scotland, there are things called petrospheres, which are prehistoric art, which is, they're, they're orange, size, large size of a large, large orange. Get them in Robert Gordon's museum in, and the Ontario Museum in Glasgow, and the Robert Gordon's in Aberdeen. I've, I've been to see them. And there's images of them in Festival Square in Edinburgh, just opposite the Usher Hall. By an Irish artist. Now nobody can explain these things. Not, there's no way that they can. They're not weapons because they're they're, they're all they're not broken down and as it would be if they were weapons and so. On. There's 400 of them at least been discovered in Scotland. So we've converted them into prehistoric football art. You know? mm -hmm. And uh, 
They're absolutely people could should go and look at them in these museums. You know, they're yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. So, th so th these pieces of art that uh, that that Matt has produced for you, they're they are available for sale on 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 Blizzard. There's there's, there's several of them at the moment in, on the Blizzard website, and there'll be there'll be more of them involved. You know, there's yeah. There's a lovely one of Burns addressing the football. Yeah. And, and how can community clubs benefit from that? I mean, how, what's, what's, the, what's the tie-in that well, needs the to interesting thing is, The interesting thing is that, that you know, that, for instance, the mug, which is, which is on that website, is of Camus and Dali, I think it is, and, and Frida Kahlo, is retails at £10. You know? So the, the clubs would get 50% of the, the, the royalties. So we're offering them 50%. So you only have to get 1% of these mugs selling to you know there's two million football fans in Scotland so it amounts to significant amounts of money yeah if they take up the if and when they do so you know I mean, we're yeah. just we're just beginning to contact them now okay so so you're so you're reaching out to clubs they don't have to come to you to to, to, to make this you know I'm reaching out to them and, and and likewise blizzards are doing so down south and yeah there's conversations going on you know so um it's a really because when you know the the, the book was never reviewed it didn't you know football editors thought it was a literary book and the other editors thought it was a football book, so it was never reviewed. So fans don't really know about it. Uh -huh. But the, the images, Matt's a genius, you know, and his images are beyond, they're fabulous. You know? yeah. Fans will love them and they'll be in mugs and posters and possibly t-shirts and all that kind of thing. Right. So if you if you see somebody you know, walking down the road wearing a Camus t-shirt, uh, yeah. ask the question, what's all that about? And they say, oh, it's this book that I read, Homo Passions. Yeah. Oh, is, that, is, that, is that serious? Is it science? Is it football? Yeah. You find out a bit through through word of mouth. Yeah. I guess, yeah, the t-shirt is the walking advert for the, for the art and for the book. Yes, yes, that's right. So, I mean, I know there'll be interest because we've had such feedback from all over the world, you know. And, you know, it's, we're just in the early stages of this, yeah, it will develop. You know, very good, very good. And so, and what? So, what next? Uh, do you have a, a follow up to, to Oval Passion? This thing you'll, That's a good uh, question. A, a book about Ro the, the Robo Cup. That, that would be a really, really lovely one. You know, and and that's that. That is not just fun. That's well, it's both fun, but it's serious uh, science. You know, hmm. and I'm, I'm sure actually that they'll be right about their their predictions. They're very confident they'll be able to do this. You know. They started off with wheels, of course. They realised that they had to be bipedal in order to to be like a human, so that humans could interact. You know, yeah. and yeah. Um, so it's it's a lovely, lovely um, development that's going on around mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. So. I, I can't help, but an image comes to mind when I think of this, and it comes back to, it was, it was probably about 10 years ago, I was working in, in South Africa um, for, for a while, and uh, I went into the office one morning, and it had been, you know, there's quite a few people that were, were late for work, and something must have must have gone on here somewhere in downtown Johannesburg, uh, and somebody came into the office, and, uh, and she was all flustered, and I said, oh, what, what's wrong, what's going on this morning, and she said, there's robots out on the road. Oh. And, I, and I started thinking, what on earth does she mean? And I was thinking big robots are on the road, stomping about, picking up. It was around about the time that that District 9 movie came out. And I thought, is something like that happened? And it turns out that in South, in South Africa, when they say robots, they mean traffic lights. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember, the traffic lights weren't working. That's all oh. the The robots okay. weren't really out on the road. 
Um, so yeah, I, and I, I still have that image that comes to mind when you mentioned robot football. I thought, well, if they're going to, no, of course they'll be able to beat people. They'll be 50 foot tall. Um, but yeah, the, but I think what you're saying there is absolutely right. I mean, the processing power and the ability for them to move around is evolving so fast that it's, it's going to overtake, you know, human human biological evolution uh, and being yeah. 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 And of course, we evolved our consciousness and our development from the body, you know, in that sense, or from the organism, as we were before. Yeah. Whereas we're going to insert it the other way around and develop the the, the physiology from the intelligence. You know? Yeah. So it's a reverse process, but right. it's but it's right. a lovely development. You know? so, yeah, well, it's been great to talk to you and hear about this. Um, we'll we'll follow this up. We'll uh, do some research on RoboCup. I'll get my bet placed as well. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll put links to where you can buy the book on um, on on the show notes for the podcast here, uh, and also how how you can buy the art. Uh, if you're at a community club uh, and you've not heard from from Mike, um, you'll be able to reach out there and find out more about that that offer to um, to use this artwork as fundraising for your club. Um, but hopefully the world will, world the word will be getting out already and, and get a lot of interest for this. Uh, sounds like a great a great fun book, but also based on quite a quite an intriguing idea. Uh, yeah, so some science, not just comedy; it's satire, mostly nonsense, but some science. Very <laughs> <Okay. laughs> good, lovely. Thank you very much. That's very yeah, nice to meet you, Mike. And nice you, we'll be in touch again. Bye. Bye. Cheers. So there we have it. That was Mike McInnes, author of Homo Passions. Um, how, what did you make of that, Alan? Yeah, I, it, Mike's got quite a deadpan delivery at times. So I would ask a question that I thought was going to get a laugh and we, we'd maybe get some jokes into the podcast and he just takes them directly. Um, and that's the that's the style of the book as well. I, I, I think it's um, it's kind of written in academic language. Um, I, I just, I, I find it really, really entertaining. I, I just, I really... It's a really intriguing idea, um, and and it does make you challenge, you know. So, um, what other what other animals move on two feet, and you know, why are we so much slower than than every animal that could kill us that and, and eat us in our in our evolution? Uh, and you know, there must be some reason for it. So, yeah, why not? Why not football? Um, why not you know, evolving this way so that we can head the ball and and grab the ball if we're a goalkeeper and grab grab a player's shirt if we're not a goalkeeper. Um, and I moved through it. I think the other thing that I was really fascinated about, I'd not, I'd not heard about RoboCup before. Uh, it's this idea yeah. of robots playing football, but it makes perfect sense when you see everything else that uh, those firms are doing when they're developing robots to, to take on you know, tasks that humans do, but doing them, um, doing them with machines. Yeah, it's kind of worrying, isn't it? Because, um, well, I'd love to see Mark Noble go up against a, a robot. Just that, <laughs> that battle will be brilliant when it eventually happens a 40 year old mark noble taking on a team of robots but uh, i'm sure he's possibly a robot already he's just keep on going and going and going he's a cyborg he is the machine yeah um it's yeah <laughs> he's a cyborg yeah yeah so i, I it sort of raised the. I, I don't know if you've ever seen that film idiocracy some of the stuff mike was talking about mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of that yeah, he was, when he was talking about sort of humans losing their consciousness and um, ability to, to think and will probably become, he put it, he puts it down to, to, to sugar, um, which is probably the scientific, much more scientific answer than the, the Luke Wilson film. But uh, this sort of plays out in the future where humans have become so reliant upon robots, they forget how to do basic things like water plants. So the whole future yeah. of uh, the human race is in sort of danger because they're trying to 
feed uh, plants with Mountain Dew. So <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting question about uh, what what will happen in the future and what will the future of football look like? Maybe we'll have you know Robo as you say the Robo Cup and although I imagine that'll be quite boring because they'll be very evenly matched. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the best thing though. Yeah, there's no there's no better football match than an evenly matched contest. You don't know which way it's going to go. But but it would literally be the exact same score. <laughs> well, no, but tactics. <laughs> oh right, okay, tactics. Yeah. 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 So what we would need for you would be just the Davy Moyes robot manager um, to come up with a tactical master plan that's going to get them to. Is it fourth in the fourth in the league now? <laughs> Currently fifth at time of recording, but uh, maybe fourth by the time this goes out, or first. Yeah. It's coming home, isn't it? <laughs> or tenth, more, much more likely. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so other things that are going on in the supporters of Scotland world, uh, Andrew, what you what you what are you up to, what you're working on just now? Well, uh, we're doing a number of webinars right now uh, with with various partners, um, looking at different uh, aspects like community asset transfers, um, funding opportunities for for sports clubs, um, legal structures. So that work is is continued during lockdown, which has been. Um, which has been really positive and it's been good to work with lots of different clubs um, and uh, yeah we're continuing to make new content as well new stuff going up online on our social media channels so please mm -hmm. do give us a follow which is at club dev scott um, yeah. yeah and keep keep an eye out for what's happening yeah and we're going to be moving, we're going to be sharing some of that content on our patreon channel as well and we, we kind of talk occasionally about patreon and remind people that it's there uh, if they want to support our work. Um, it's becoming more and more important for us in 2020 and 20, now 2021 um, to become more self-sufficient. Self Financial pressures on all organisations and clubs uh, are, are the same. Um, we've been hit fairly hard by COVID, but we're still around and we're still kind of working on the, 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 this stuff. Um, one of the ways that listeners can help us is to sign up to, the, to our Patreon uh, fundraising scheme. It's at patreon.com slash supporters direct Scotland. Um, that's been our way to, um, to raise funds in the past, and we've not used that channel all that actively. But uh, over the, next, the coming months, we'll be putting more of our content on there, reminding people about pieces of work that we've done there, the resources that are available there uh, that we make available to clubs and to supporters groups, but also just you know generally you know things about football that, uh, that we think will be of interest. So we'll be um, feeding more through that channel over the over the coming coming weeks and months, um, you can contribute as little as you as, or as much uh, as you want to, to to help support our work, uh, and it really does make a massive massive difference. Um, we don't we're we're not we're not independently funded. Uh, we don't receive grant funding from organisations to do this work. So every every activity that we do, um, we have to find the money from from our from our activities with supporters groups and with and with sports clubs. Um, so the consultancy is done on a not-profit not profit basis and all proceeds from that get, get, get put into the pot to do this good work and to continue this, this work that can help uh, clubs and supporters groups when they, when they need it most and possibly when they can afford it least. Um, so if you want to help, please do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, uh, as you say, probably this work is now as, as important as it ever, ever has been in terms of how, how fans are represented within the game so it is important that um, there is support for, for, for supporters direct Scotland to carry on and keep doing its work um, so that's that's where I'm on a sad note that seems like a shame especially after all our chat of robots but uh, 
I don't think we're, I don't think we're, head, we're, we're, we're ending on a low. Um, you know, the, the great thing is we've got, we've got through this so far um, and we're, we tend to be around when, when the world returns to normal and be stronger than ever uh, and ready to support people again. And we've been, we, what, what's been really encouraging during lockdown is that, that, that fans groups have continued to work hard to, to deliver on their objectives. And you can see uh, at the, at the, 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 the clubs that are moving towards supporter ownership that's not slow, not slowed down due to to, to the pandemic uh, and we've been able to continue helping club helping supporters groups through that also helping supporters groups you know, with the challenge of their statutory reporting uh, requirements which they would normally have a face-to-face -face AGM how do you do that online we've been able to help quite a few supporters groups and give them advice and guidance about how to do that uh, online that's been really positive and the consultancy work with sports clubs, uh, not in just in football, but then in athletics. Um, and we're starting with a few other sports as well. Now that's continued, you know, clubs are using this downtime productively and saying, okay, so if we can't, you know, we can't compete, we can't train, we can't meet our, our, our athletes or our players. Um, there are some things that we need to do that we maybe wouldn't normally have time to do, like look at our incorporation, like get better at our fundraising, improve our governance structures. Uh, and those things we've been able to, to to help with, and that's been really encouraging. That that's, you know, people are preparing themselves to come back stronger after the pandemic. We are, but also the clubs and the supporters groups that we we support. I take a lot of hope from that. That um, there is a lot of good work that's going on behind the scenes that we're we're maybe not always aware of because we we can't actually be at our club and seeing what they're doing. But some of the stories about you know the way that clubs are preparing for us eventually coming back are really inspiring and the amount of investment that's going into improving the facilities, making them safe in the short term, if we have to come back in limited numbers when the, when the viruses are, are, are still around or, the, or, the, or the, the different variants of the virus are still around, um, but also better places for us to support our teams uh, in the long term. And I think there's a lot of great work being done in Scottish football that will take people by surprise when we finally get back into stadiums and just see, uh, see what's been done for us uh, when we were away. Uh, that's probably one of the most hopeful things in Scottish football is that we've all continued. We're all still here. We are here as an organisation. Our clubs are still here. And yes, it's been difficult, but we are still here and we're going to we're all going to come back stronger from this. That's lovely. That's, like, that's a much happier note to, to end things on. Um, yeah, maybe I'm deluded, though. No, no, I've been firmly put in my place. That's, um, that's, that's, <laughs> that's good. That's nice. That's much nicer end to note on. Uh, note to end on. So, um, well, thank you very much for everyone to listen to the podcast. We'll be back again next week with, a, with another episode. Um, and until then, have a winning week. If you're a fan of the podcast and the other work SD Scotland does, how about signing up as a member on our Patreon page? A few pounds every month will help us to continue offering advice and helping supporters, clubs and communities across Scotland.
have a winning week. Have a winning week.